Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the indoor cycling app that makes training fun. Here for UAE Tour Stage 2 with Benji Hudiarat. Island to Abu Dhabi Breakwater. A it's a sprint stage where the sprinters well the teams legit hit a headwind with 35 Ks to go and started doing 25 kilometers an hour. I thought this was going to finish at 120. And seriously, I've never seen anything like it. Jasper Phillipson was running off the bike, like making a joke. It took so long for this stage to finish, but we'll have a hot take segment ranking our top 10 sprinters in the world overreaction Monday at the end of this because this is the sprinters sort of deluxe in the UAE. But there's not much more to say, Benji. I mean, like, did you see something different from Bora skipping forward to the last 5Ks? Did they actually try and move up earlier today? Sorry, but how dare you skip the initial 20 kilometers of echelon alerts sounding (laughs) through the air? We had multiple echelon alerts. We saw Grupama moving forward and it split up twice. The second time with five riders of the front, including Yates and Philipson. And props to Yates for being in the echelon, but that's about it for the echelons today. So like you said, Bora. And they were at the front quite soon, but I think it was more because the last 20 kilometers of the stage had a bend going left, meaning they had head crosswind or crosswind in the last 20 kilometers and people were getting nervous and therefore Bora was nervous. So... But it was even in the second spot in his train for quite a bit in that section to make sure that if splits happen, he's up there. But to be honest, nobody really tried to make splits. So I uh, was expecting a normal sprint at the end. But yeah, Bora was at the front earlier. Do you think that the strategy of being at the front earlier was a better strategy today or not? Yeah, I think so. Because it was a bit of a narrower, twistier finish. And yeah, Benji just outed himself as having watched the entirety of this stage from start to hey, finish. on Zwift. <laughs> so I made it useful. <laughs> I mean, credit to you, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, Bora moved up earlier. Mullen didn't have a mechanical. FDJ train was better today, actually. They moved up late with three riders. And Damar, he was able to keep the wheel. But yeah, it was much, much narrower than the highway finish yesterday. Bora had... Archbold, then Van Poppel. And I have to say, Merku didn't really deliver Cav. Was, well, he did a good job, Merku, but Cavendish knew that Merku was going way too early, like 350, 400 meters to go. So Cav switched off him. He switched on to Bennett. Van Poppel begins to lead out through a gentle left-hand bend that eventually straightens up. And... Uh, Sam Bennett was not happy after this stage because Van Poppel, his second lead out for Bennett ever, didn't open up the inside lane, the quickest line for Bennett and basically kept Bennett trying to choose which way to go. Cavendish jumps so early into a 
headwind, a gentle headwind, he says in the post-race interview, and comes across and boxes Bennett in through this sweeping left-hand bend. Philipson is sees Cavendish jumps but can't really get onto his wheel because Ackerman's partly on the wheel. So Philipson never gets the draft either. And with 100 metres to go, it's a drag race between two of the sort of smaller, more aero sprinters. Cavendish wins that drag race. I think maybe his most impressive sprint win. I said it for the Tour of Oman, but that was against Gaviria. This was a 300-metre sprint against Gronovec and Bennett, Philipson, you name it. Everyone here except you and Jakobsen and Molière, and Jakobsen's on his own team, and he takes the win. Just like we'll talk about in a second, Benji, but even last year after the tour, I didn't think Cav could do this. Yeah, we only really saw it once last season where they where he beat top-level competition. Was it at the Benelux Tour or Belgium Tour? One of the two where he was beating the likes of Merlier. Grunewagen had a bit of a mechanical there in the last few meters and would have won if he didn't, but he was still beating the best sprinters in, in the world on that train. I think Ewan was in that sprint as well. So this is kind of on that level for me and perhaps higher, like you say, because this time around we don't have an, an, a component that's having a mechanical leading to the victory of Cavendish here. And I think this is indeed an impressive win. Is it his most impressive? Well, to be honest, it, we're going to call victories the most impressive one every single time at this point if we keep doing it like this because the last two ones we've already said it but uh hey if he keeps doing it it's fantastic it's against top competition like you mentioned and it's also there there's a lot of things that happen in this sprint we see the groupama train like doing a lot in this miles scottson and so forth setting up guanieri and your boy uh Sinkledam as well Sinkledam doing a great job setting up guanieri in second wheel behind i think it was Merku who's doing the lead out with roughly 300 meters to go and they move to the side of the road like you mentioned where Merku does that and in all honesty guanieri kind of just stays behind Merku while he's dropping back and it's too late to go past him meaning demar doesn't get into a competitive position anymore and then the peloton goes to the side that demar is on which means that he's completely blocked in so he kind of got bottled over by guanieri i would dare to say so today but then again Neymar has not been the fastest of his career the last few weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. I just watched it again. Guarnieri seems to hesitate not knowing which side of Merku to go. And Merku's got his head around like I'm done. And Van Poppel jumps it. And once that happens, Van Poppel closes it to the barriers. And Demar's experience is over at that point. He gets boxed in. And yeah, I think Bennett just doesn't contest the sprint after that because Cavendish... <laughs> Sprints across. This is what Cavendish did to Merlier in the Tour de France, and it, it works. It's effective. He sprints across. When he has to go early, the lead-out man for his main rival or the guy at the front, and in doing so, because the sprinter's lead-out man is usually done at that point, Cavendish timing, he senses this guy's not accelerating anymore. He's not going to chop him but he moves across and blocks across that line. And then everyone's on Cavs wheels coming from the back and Phillips and Ackerman, et cetera, box Bennett in. So just masterful. And once he's in clear air into a headwind like this, very few can can beat him in the form he's in. It's a, I, it's a crazy win from Cavendish. Yeah. He looks, he's got to go to the tour, Benji. Like he's better than Jakobsen. Yeah, I agree. And there's like a few other sprinters in the sprint that I'm really impressed by, like Malucelli. The fact that he's sprinting against the best here and he gets a position that he's in. What is it? 
top five Malucelli in the stage, top six. That's pretty insane for Malucelli. The same with Olaf Koy, who starts in a pretty uncompetitive position and towards the end of the sprint ends up fourth. So two sprinters that you'd arguably say that you weren't expecting to get, to get a top five in this stage, despite Koy being a very young and talented sprinter, Malucelli more being a, uh, what can we call it without being uh, insulting, April Conti sprinter of paper? Is that harsh? Uh, veteran, veteran sprinter of the continental circuit. He's <laughs> Malachelli. He he won a stage of Antalya, stage one, and yeah. then third in the last stage. So he's obviously in okay form. Uh, but the top ten: Cavendish taking the win ahead of Phillips and Ackerman. Olav Koy, as Benji mentioned, very impressive in fourth. Demar fifth. Malachelli sixth. Leipinch seventh. De Vrindt, eighth. Schwarzman for Lotto. Sprinting here ninth, then Marin Vandenberg tenth, Bennett seventeenth, and as a reminder, we have our LRCP Zwift group ride tomorrow. It's not on Tempest Fugit course anymore, which looked eerily similar to what the Peloton was doing in UAE tour today. It looked like a live replay of that group ride last Tuesday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, six p.m. UK time, 7 p.m. European time. We're heading to the New York World, which will be used in the eSports World Championships this weekend. Check the link out down below. We have a Discord where Benji and I are answering questions, discussing the week in cycling, and it's been really fun the last two weeks. So I hope you see you all at our LRCP Zwift group ride tomorrow night. I mean, we're going to overreact now, Benji. This was one of the probably easiest stages ever, apart from the crosswinds at the start. They were full recovery coming into the last hour, going 20 kilometers an hour on the flat. So I'm sure that all benefits Cav. Cav wants an easy stage and a drag race head-to-head in the air where he's more aero than a lot of the bigger guys like Kronenwegen. Actually, where was Kronenwegen? He uh, was not positioned well at all. Yeah. Okay. Talk about Talk about bike exchange maybe in a second. But Benji, overreaction Monday to your top 10 sprinters in the world right now. Here's my list. Ewan, Cavendish second, <laughs> Merlier third, Jakobsen fourth, Philipson fifth, Groenewegen sixth, Bennett seventh, Van Aert eighth, Viviani ninth, Ackerman tenth. Okay. I've got a different top 10. That is certain. I've got Caleb Yun in first, so that's correct. <laughs> Jakobsen in second. <laughs> Third, Melir. Fourth, Cavendish. Fifth, Bennett. Sixth, Grunewegen. Seventh, Philipson. Eighth, Gaviria. Ninth, Koi. And tenth, Viviani. Akeman, Christoph, and Damar are not in my top 10. Where's Van Aert? Oh, yeah, he exists. I always forget him in these sprints. <laughs> I think this is based on who, you know, who would be lining up in the UA Tour Stage 6 when there's the next sprint. I think, obviously, Merlier, I don't think, is in great form right now, but still up there. Kamenish and Jakobsen have come into really, really good form. I don't, Bennett will probably get it right. He's, so he's got a, I don't know, maybe has some issues. Groenewegen's looking fast. Do we underrate Phillips and Benji? He's so consistently up there, and part of sprinting is getting in the right position. Well, 
in hectic finale. Is that him or Rickard? I think it's for a big part the team as well. Because Rickard is a really good lead out into making sure that the sprinter gets into the right position to be competitive for the sprints. We see other lead outs doing a, a worse job at that, let's be honest about it. And I think that does a lot for a sprinter. Even Cavendish is being guided towards a competitive position by Merku before Merku starts his sprint. So as a consequence, part of Cavendish's sprinting strength is the position that he gets from his lead out. We see Caleb Ewan having an inconsistent lead out, leading to him not being able to sprint in half of the races he rides. And as a consequence, well, we see that he doesn't win as often as other sprinters do. But does that make him not the best sprinter? In my eyes, no, because I try and see this in the uh, eyes as a what a sprinter would achieve if he was in a good position ranking. Uh, I look at it as what would the sprinter achieve with a neutral lead out? With yeah, an, okay. um, like Bennett with Van Poppel wasn't able to sense the danger of being closed on the right and jump early. Cavendish is not just relying 100% on Mercury anymore. He's buying his time, jumping early. Philipson, I think, is he's good at navigating these hectic sprints and deserves credit because DeMar isn't. DeMar needs to be brought right to the front and dropped off with 150 metres to go in clear air. If he doesn't, he gets put into the washing machine behind. And Groenewegen, I want to speak about the bike exchange lead-up, Benji, they come to the front really powerful, two Ks to go, and then it becomes a jumble. And where's Mezgetz bringing him forward? Like, don't you think they should be trying to just come up even later? They're, they seem to be controlling, and then Bora destroyed them on the left-hand side today, and then Groenewegen's just in the mix behind, and it's all over. Yeah, it feels like it's kind of similar to what, DSM did in the past with Case Bowl yeah. where they went to the front way too early and then when it matters they don't have the energy or the men anymore to get their sprinter to the front. Now the same that happens with bike exchange today where they were at the front very early but there's this washing machine effect where you've got waves of sprint trains trying to come past you and every single time towards the end you've got those sprint teams that wait longer that then pass bike exchange and as a consequence bike exchange is not positioned well anymore in the last 1 to 1.5 kilometers. And perhaps in smaller races like the Saudi Tour and so forth, that's not as visible because you don't have as many big trains flying past you in the last two kilometers. But in a race like the UAE Tour, you've got bloody five to six trains of different teams trying to make the perfect train for their leader. And therefore, you're going to get boxed in if you move up too fast. And I think that's what happened today when it comes to bike exchange. Some teams were later to move up and were able to box them in, basically. And that's why Grunewijk was not in a competitive position today to... uh compete today and that's a bummer for a sprinter like that and unfortunately that's part of sprinting for him at least Cav to the tour is alive and well we will continue to put pressure on the forces that be <laughs> aka lefebvre who i am sure is watching this closely to see to try and change his mind and send cavanish to the tour it is a no-brainer i believe that if philipson does not step off his bike and walk for two to three meters there for those seconds. The energy spent hopping off his bike and hopping on his bike is the energy he needed to win today. I can feel it. Perhaps. Uh, we'll, they'll have to dig into the data at Alps and Phoenix. Anyway, tomorrow, Ajman to Ajman, 9K TT flat. There's an intermediate 
time check at four and a half k's they go out they come back and so the wind shouldn't affect it too much because they do 50 percent in either direction and we have philippe Bagana on the start list so choosing anyone else would be lunacy without wow or bisiger oh no bisiger's here benji oh. yes correct do you reckon he can beat Ghana? <laughs> it's not going to be easy i think Ghana wins it's yeah. also this race is not two weeks before a big goal of Ghana, so as a consequence, he's probably going to be all right. I mean, how much it's it's tough because when Ghana goes to like Bessage, she won that TT, but it's not against the top top guys. Or Pedersen was looking sharp. Provence, he won the prologue, but that's twelve seconds against Hater, who wasn't in the best shape. So it's like he's won. That doesn't mean he's in his best shape because he can win at 90% against majority of prologue sprint fields, but we have Bissiger here. So obviously I can't go against Bissiger, but I'm oh, sorry, I can't go against Ghana, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Bissiger pushes this really, really close. Yeah. Okay. Last year, uh, Bissiger ended on 14 seconds off Ghana in the time trial. I'm pretty sure this time trial this year is like they start in Almarjan or Amjan, Amjan, it's probably called, and they go towards a certain point and then move back. So wind-wise, they should have the opposite wind in the second half of the race as they start with. So that shouldn't affect his race too much. Bierg was also here last year. He came third on 21 seconds. He's here once again this year. So we'll see if he can compete. I'm mostly curious to see whether Pogacar and Almeida will be quite simply the highest GC riders on the uh, ranking after this stage because on paper, they're the... Uh, stronger tiers of the riders doing so but what do you expect of tom dumoulin which is a rider i'm hoping that does well here dumoulin should put time into almeida and pagacha on this course uh they also have there's also luke plapp here be interested to see how he goes time trialist for ineos he should be looking for a top time at top five at worst and Andreas Lechnerson not going to win, or Aronsman, but I just want to see how their flat TT goes. Miles um, Scottson's not bad on a prologue. But yeah, it's 90% about <laughs> Ghana v. Bissiger, I think, in this TT. And Vlasov, too. It's going to be tight because Hafid, if they don't do it full gas, maybe like this TT is really, really important for who has the obligation to attack on her feet. We saw that with Yates, Pogacar last year. So it'd be vital for Vlasov, Yates, Pogacar, Almeida, etc., even to be gaining two or three seconds here or there. But we'll look out for that tomorrow. Thanks for listening, as always, to the UAE Tour Stage 2. See you with Stage 3 recap tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 